It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Scott and Colin, asianboxing.info. And Scott, this past weekend, not a lot going on, but we did have a DAZN card that saw a champion and a up-and-coming prospect fight. Yeah, yeah, the champion was Dimitri Bivol, the, the very talented, once very highly regarded and exciting fighter who seems to have just sort of settled into to winning. Uh, he's He beat Joe Smith Jr., hardly broke a sweat, but didn't leave a great impression. It was another lackluster performance from Bivol, who should be perhaps realizing that fans won't be with him on goodwill for much longer. It's weird because at the end of that fight, but about 10 seconds out, he started to really put some pressure on. And probably if there was another 10 seconds, he would have gotten Smith out of there. Why didn't he put that pressure on uh, maybe a couple rounds earlier? He got rocked at the end of, I think it was round 10 when he got caught late. So maybe a little bit of caution there. But it's becoming a bit of a consistent thing that he's not putting the pressure on he's not going for the kill he's not looking to close the show and early on in his career he's the exact opposite you look at his first sort of eight or nine fights and he went for the kill uh he watched him against philippe romero he had the bout one and went for the knockout in the eighth round it's hard to complain when a guy's winning but it's not exciting yeah in order to be successful in especially professional boxing you have to be fan friendly and and his style right now i mean it, it's a great i guess amateur style it's fundamentally sound really was not in a lot of trouble besides getting rocked there at the end um as you mentioned with that late hit but other than that he dominated but he slept walk through the fight and it was quite boring i mean the broadcasters were talking about a bunch of different things that weren't related to the fight can you blame him? Uh, until he starts to perhaps realize that fans are losing interest, I don't think we'll see him change. But maybe the potential move down to super middleweight could perhaps get him back into being an exciting fighter. Yeah, and he probably just needs to be pushed by someone. If If it's at 168 and he fights someone really strong down there, like a Canelo, or if it's at 175 and he tries to unify titles, no matter where it's at, I think as long as he gets pushed, you should see probably a better fighter than, or a more exciting fighter than we saw this past Saturday. Yeah, he's got to start fighting within himself. When fighters aren't pushed, they get away with it, and it's hard to complain because Smith isn't actually a bad fighter. He just isn't world-class. Now, Uzbekistan has been pumping out amateur champions like there's no tomorrow. And the latest one, who has turned pro, Madrimov, in his second fight, had an absolutely nasty knockout of Rojas. He looks sensational on his debut. Um, it's hard to fault the way he fought in his debut against Vladimir Hernandez last year. The one, perhaps, complaint on his debut was he didn't look like he had power. Boy, did he prove that wrong when he knocked out Rojas. That was, I thought they were the best knockouts this year. He is a switch hitter. He has some pop. He can box. Um, and he he's going for the big fish. I was reading an article that says he wants to chase after world title fights. I know that's probably a little bit early 
but I know he was calling kind of the name of Mungia. And whatever other champions there are at 154, he wants. Um, how soon will it be for for Madrimov to be in a world title? I was a little bit disappointed that Vlad Konolov and the world boxing team didn't push for him to fight uh, Tony Harrison in his second bout. I thought that would have been one way to make a statement. I, I think he could beat Harrison right now. Mungi is a completely different kettle of fish. I think he could have beat Harrison in his second fight. He could have set a no record. I think that really would have just set something on fire. You know, it would have been amazing. Mungia, yeah, it would have put the boxing world on watch. Yeah, it would have been, holy crap, look at this guy. He's just done something no one else has ever done. And God, he's good. And Mungia and Herd are probably too far advanced for him, but I wouldn't bet against him against any other champion in the, div- in the, in the division. There's also a chance he actually dropped down in weight as well. And he's still young. He has a, a bright future ahead of him. So I think he's going to be someone that we're looking in a couple of years from now, he's going to be kind of the talk of boxing, no matter what weight class he's at. I mean, people will be talking about him. Yeah, he's going to be right in the mix. If not the mix himself, he's you know, talented, has everything, even that bit of arrogance. That, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to kick your head in type of flair almost with him, um, which we didn't typically see with Eastern Europeans and Central Asian fighters until very recently. He has it in droves. So does Giasov. So does Mirajan Akhmedaliev. These are really exciting guys. They're all on the same stable with the world of boxing. It's a great time to be an Uzbek boxing fan. The guy's a mean backflip, too. He did like a cartwheel somersault backflip after his knockout. He did it in his first fight, too. Athletic, dude. But you're right, like usually these these fighters are more serious, respectful, um, but he does have a little bit of a swagger to his game. Yeah, he can tell he likes beating people up. He looks scared after he knocked out Rojas, but Rojas was down for a long time. It's understandable he looked a bit worried. I don't think that's going to take, take that air of I'm awesome away from him either. It was good to hear that Rojas was okay because that was just one of the, probably one of the scarier knockouts I've seen in a while, having to, you know, bring a stretcher out and and cart him off of the ring. I I was genuinely worried. It's up there with the Romero-Duna knockout from a few weeks ago. We're seeing some amazing knockouts, some really terrifying scenes, and it's great to hear that Rojas was fine. Um... I didn't see his previous knockout loss. I believe he got knocked out in a round by uh, one of the American prospects a couple of years ago. Uh, Jose Benavidez, I think, or someone like that. And it's kind of like maybe the guy just, when he goes down, he goes down and looks bad all the time. But that looked worrying. Now, moving forward to today, we had some fights earlier this morning from Japan at the famous Korokan Hall. And uh, we got to see the ladies take center stage, including one very impressive, Eri Matsuda, who in just three fights, she's done a lot, hasn't she? She made a debut last year, won a OPBF female atom weight title on her second bout, and then unified that with the Japanese atom weight title earlier today by being Nana Suzuki. 
she probably will be like Madrimov, fast track to a world title by the end of this year. Uh, she's very different to Madrimov, of course. She's a a southpaw stylist, a pure boxer, a very sharp jab, very good movement, not very aggressive, not very powerful, but so naturally talented, so gifted. I wonder if she did a backflip after she won. <laughs> oh, we're not managed to actually see it yet. It's not been uploaded onto Boxing Rares. It should be up there probably today or tomorrow. Um, for those unaware, Boxing Rares is a subscription service in Japan that shows a lot of the Dangan cards. Um, and it's got this one on. It's got a couple at the end of the month. It is a brilliant service for about $9 a month. And that will be up on AsianBoxing.info, the... the... Matsuda fight. Unfortunately, if they're unboxing rares, we can't put them up. Oh, so you're right. You're right. Well, that's okay. You just have to get boxing rays then. Yeah. Nine bucks a month. That's not bad. Not bad at all when you look at their back catalog. If you're a fan of Japanese boxing, the domestic scene, you get swamped in some of the footage on there. It's brilliant. Just get rid of your Netflix account. You don't need that. Yeah, just... Just one month, you not turn back. It's a bunch know. of useless movies and television shows on Netflix, and instead get boxing rays, and you can watch fight after fight after fight. They also have what all their old fights as well, kind of archived in in there as well. Is that correct? Yeah, they have like I think it's around seventy five shows now archived on the. They've got the fights at the end of the month with uh, Takuya Watanabe against Hironori Mishiro showing live. And um, Tsubasa Kura's next fight is on live as well. I have not yet subscribed, but uh, I might have to. You might have twisted my arm here, Scott. And I'm probably going to have to uh, shell out the nine bucks a month. And the funny thing is, it's available worldwide. There is actually no geo blocking at all on it, which is fantastic. Do you think that this is a website, a subscription service that will start to show the bigger fights? I mean, it's already showing a good amount of the big fights in Japan, but I mean, the biggest of the big, or is this uh, just certain cards? It's very much a Dangan project. So it's for the sort of medium-tier Japanese promoters, including people like Dangan, uh, Hiroki Ayaka's card. Uh, since I've had a couple of worked alongside it, but mostly it's the Dangan cars, the regular Japanese midweek Corican Hawk type shows, the Europa BF Japanese female world title level in some cases, but they won't ever get the bigger cars. They haven't got the money behind it. The money in Japanese boxing is from TV. Speaking of being able to watch a fight on AsianBoxing.info, you might not be able to watch this past one with Ari Matsuda because of course that's going to be on Boxing Rays but don't fret because this Saturday or whatever whatever time range you're in we'll just say Saturday morning for some people Saturday night for people in Japan Tanaka Taguchi free on AsianBoxing.info Scott I don't know I haven't been this excited for a fight in a while it's a great fight it's one that seems to have perhaps walk some people up to the fact that they can watch these Japanese fighters. They don't need to rely on what on what DAZN and ESPN are showing them. They now have these other options. They have these chances to watch these little guys emerge. Uh, you're talking about little guys. <laughs> Taguchi has a nine and a half centimeter reach advantage over Tanaka, so they're not exactly the same size as the 
anyone who saw Tanaka's last fight knows what to expect. He is fantastically exciting. He's fast, he's quick, he's skilled. He gets himself into wars. Taguchi, one of the few men to survive the distance with the monster. He's moved up in weight. He's let the shackles of making weight come off again. I think we'll probably see the best Taguchi that we've seen. Just watch Taguchi versus Milan Melindo, and you're, you're going to be sold on this fight. Of course, watch Tanaka against anyone, especially last year against Shokimura. Both these guys want to go to war. They want to fight. I assume that you know there will be some boxing, but I, I, don't you think they're going to stay in the middle of the ring for a good portion of the bout? Tanaka has been very proud of talking about how much he's worked on his concentration. But, yeah, let's be honest, he wants to punish her. He knows that he's getting fans talking about him around the world. He knows that his audience is uh, potentially going to grow on this fight. It's it's been shown not just you know on our website, but it's been shown right across Japan. His fights usually aren't. This is his big opportunity to shine, his big opportunity to get the entire Japan behind him. He's not going to box carefully. And that's why people love him. That Because he is a great boxer. But he has a fan-friendly style. And I've even seen some boxing writers on Twitter say, this is one of the fights that I want to watch. And these are boxing writers from America or or different countries, not in Japan. Um, You know, of course, they have Spence and Garcia on their mind. But they want to get in the Tanaka-Toguchi fight right before that in the morning. And it can make Tanaka, again, a huge star. He's... He's already pretty big in, in Japan, right? And, and you know, to diehard boxing fans. But if he wins this in an impressive fashion, uh, he's going to just gain more traction. Yeah, yeah, this is his chance to break out. Due to his relationship with CBC, the broadcaster who we're working with for the stream. and Go CBC! Yeah, go CBC. Unfortunately, their marketplace is actually very small. It's the Chubu region of Japan. This is bigger than them. Even they know that. They're showing on TBS and MBS across Osaka and Tokyo, Kanagawa. The audience for this could be the biggest that Tanaka's had. And that is a reason for him to shine. That's a reason for him to show what he can do and not just box early. He, he'll do the opposite of a bivol. Now, I was reading one of the articles that you posted recently on AsianBoxing.info, Scott, and it said that Tanaka possibly wants to after this, say everything goes well, he wins the fight, move up, and fight Ioka at Superfly. He's regularly mentioned wanting to be a five-weight world champion before he retires. That seems to be his big target. And earlier this week, he did a public workout, spoke to the press, and the Nikan Sports reported that he wants to move up to Superfly weight next year. His dream opponent would be Ioka if... Ayaka, of course, holds the title if timing fits. And that seems to be the bout he wants, is the one he's eyed up for super flyweight. But he uh, he tends to get what he wants from me, thank God. He wants to be the quickest Japanese fighter to walk out. He wants to be the quickest Japanese fighter to three. He wants to face Taguchi. When he sets his mind on something, he tends to do it. I think people have to start putting a little bit more respect on Tanaka's name. I, I know they're are a lot of hardcore fans that do, but the the main press, right? The main boxing press needs to realize this guy's for real. He's not joking around, and we could have something special 
in the making. I know we talk a lot about Naoya Inoye and the monster, and of course he is extremely special as well, but Tanaka is right there by him when it comes to great fighters currently from uh, Japan. Yeah, you could throw Kenshiro and Hirota Kaiguchi into that conversation as well. There's, there's certainly a golden generation in Japan, and I don't know quite when it'll end because we're seeing guys just coming through one after the other after the other. Um, is Snacker the second best? Is he, you know, just behind anywhere? It's hard to say, but he's certainly in the mix. He's certainly cracking on the edges of the sort of top twenty pound for pound fighters. If not higher, he's if he beats Taguchi, you look at his resume after thirteen fights and it's just bigger in belief to have Windows Saludar and Angela Costa, Shokimura and Ryoichi Taguchi in the space of years. Your prediction for this fight, Scott, who do you have? Um and you know, is it gonna go the distance? Are we gonna see a knockout? Split decision? What what's what's your prediction for this one? It's. I don't see the guy getting the stoppage. I don't think either hits hard enough to knock the other one out. I don't think either one will. Yeah, will you know concede ground enough to be knocked out of to quit against the ropes or whatever. Uh, I imagine Tanaka's going to swallow up around the eyes. He's going to end up marked up, but I think he'll do enough. I think his skill level is that much better than Taguchi's. Taguchi. Is very tough, very, very, very big for the weight, very gangly, very awkward. I think Tanaka's speed and skills will be the difference, and I think it'll take a close decision. I, I'm kind of sitting right with you there. I mean, one, I want to see this fight go to the distance. That just means more action. But two, Taguchi, man, can he take a punch. And we, are, we know Tanaka can. So this might just be both guys not refusing to give up. And in the end, we were treated to a phenomenal bout where one comes out maybe just by a hair over the other. I think probably for Japanese boxing in general, you would want Tanaka to come out ahead just because he has a little bit more future over Taguchi. Yeah, and it also helps that he's, you know, the fights in Gifu, it's near where he lives. He has the home crowd behind him. Uh, without trying to sound harsh about boxing in Tokyo, there are other stars there. Taguchi isn't the man. Tanaka is the guy in Chibu. He's the guy for that entire region. Um, and a loss for Tanaka would be a huge hit for CBC, Chibu region. A loss for Taguchi is kind of, yeah. Even Watanabe Jim have other guys who are probably better than him at the gym at the moment, anyway. But as harsh as that sounds, I think Kayagushi is better than Taguchi at the moment. Tanaka just being that star, it's just better that he comes out on top, especially when you're trying to build boxing in Japan. If you have that one guy who can transcend the sport, uh, that's what Tanaka's trying to do. No matter what happens, just I have the utmost respect for both of these guys wanting to fight each other and making it happen. You know, one guy says, I want it. The other guy says, I want it. And it happens. Yeah, it's just a shame it didn't happen when both of them were champions at light flyweight. I think it would have been slightly more interesting with three world titles on the line, but better late than never. Neither guy's shot. Both guys are still world class. Yeah, it's a great fight. And it's also a chance for Chibu boxing in general to get eyes on other fighters because we've got guys like Kento Hatanaka, Konshin Takashima, 
Yushi Tanaka and Takuya Mizuno all on that card as well. And as far as I'm aware, all those bouts will be streamed as well. So it's a fantastic chance to see a guy like Kento Hatanaka do his thing. Again, that's the CBC. It's going to be on AsianBoxing.info. We thank them for making not only the main card available, but also the undercard available. And you can watch that for free. The best words in the English language, free on AsianBoxing.info. Rumor mill, Scott. A lot of rumors going around, swirling around the Asian boxing world. What do you have for us? I'm not really sure where we start with this. Um, in Thailand, Etsuko Tada is rumored to be set to defend her WB or female minimum title against Kanyarat Yoon Hango. Yeah, uh, I probably butchered her name. but I think you that's... got it right. It sounds right to me. Yeah. That's going to take first on April 27th. That had previously been the date that was rumoured for Rhea Kenishi versus Felix Alvarado. That bout is now looking like it's going to take place on May 19th, with various sources reporting that's when it'll take place. Interestingly, that May 19th date looks to be a broadcast on Wow Wow. So it'll be the first Japanese world title fight to be shown on Wow Wow in about three and a half years which is just crazy when we think about Wow Wow's importance in Japanese boxing. They are the channel that showed until very recently almost every major international card from like the USA. So to see them not show any domestic fights at all in years is worrying. Um, staying in May, Ankahas, Yoin uh, Ankahas and Ryuichi Funai now looks set to be fighting on May 4th in an IBF Super Flyweight World Title fight in Stockton. Uh, that had been long rumoured as about. It had various dates pegged for it, but it now looks like it is on for May 4th. And the most, most out there rumour, I guess you could say, is that Hiroto Kiyogushi's next defence of the WBA light flyweight super title will take place in June against Sitem Wonglek, um, CP Freshmart, or whatever other sponsor name he's taken recently. A 11-0 Thai fighter who was touted very highly, but has really just underperformed since turning professional from uh, Muay Thai. So we could see Harry Potter back in action. We could. He's he's expected to be in the ring in June. Whether his opponent does end up being Sitem Wunglek or somebody else is pretty much by the by, but it will be about neither May or April. I'm excited that he's getting back in the ring. I, I hope my boy Ken Shiro is going to get in the ring soon. And then hopefully later on this year, they could unify because I'm excited for Tanaka Taguchi, but there's something about Shiro Kiyoguchi that really just boils my blood. If you know, they would dislike when you, you, know, you take an instant hatred to one and a like of the other and gone smash his head and he's a dick, but they're both such nice guys. They're just it's smiling all the time and shaking hands like gentlemen. It's going to be a shame to see a loser, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I would not want to see a loser, but that fight needs to happen right now. It's perfect. Oh, we'll save it until the end of the year. Not right oh, now. Yeah, you're right. We'll save it to, to New Year's Eve. But uh, there has actually been quite a lot of announcements that we don't need to wait very long for. And Air Force calendar is just suddenly filling up like crazy. 
one of the names that's been announced for April is Hiroshigi Osawa, the guy who for Oscar Valdez a few years ago. He'll be in action on April 7th as part of a card headlined by Daiki Tamita facing former world title challenger Jeffrey Galera. Osawa's opponent isn't anyone special. It's an Indonesian journeyman. But Tamita versus Galera, really exciting belt. The Jinder Singh will make his US debut on April 12th after spending well over a year away from the ring. Announced this morning is Akinari Watanabe fighting for the OPBF light middleweight title on April 14th against Jung Kyung Lee. Lee is an interesting fighter. He's one of the few Koreans who actually looks like he could have success. Um, and I'll say the best to last. Kuske Saka versus John Neuner is set to fight on April 20th for the WBO Asia Pacific Super Featherweight title. Oh my. So April's just going to be stacked because you mentioned April 14th. That's the same day that Shigeoka and Mori fight. So that's going to be a, a stacked day. And then April 20th, the week after that, Saka and Nanoi. We've had a, a little slow here in March, but I think April, the fire is about to be lit. I'm looking up and down the the list, and you have Hosokawa and Inoue fighting, and Yoshino and Sumiyoshi fighting, both title fights, and Yegashi's back in there. It's going to be a great month of boxing. On that Sakura Sinoina card, you also get Tetsuya Hisada versus Ria Kanishi in a three-round exhibition. Oh, really? <laughs> so, just, just for so fun. Yeah, just for fun. Two world-class uh, light flyers. Just, just, yeah. Come on, let's just face off each other, with each other. It is strange how many exhibitions you start to see over the last year or two on these big cards. And that is... So Konishi is fighting... He'll be fighting in May, right? So he's just getting getting some work in. Yeah, it sounds like Hisada's fight with Carlos Canazale could take place in May as well, potentially on the same card. So he's, he's just trying to get some some sparring in, and it happens to be a showcase. I love the sparring showcases. Like when... When Ken Shiro and Kiyoguchi had their spar, that was more entertaining than a lot of fights that I've seen. Shisuke have one in Thailand, and one hang versus knockout CP Freshman in Thailand as well. No, it's great. I, I think it's a, a good idea, and it really pumps you up even more for the fighters, and it also allows you to see how they prepare. Not everyone gets to, to see those, that type of work in, in the gym. It kind of peels back the curtains for us fans. Yeah, it's a little bit of fan service, but it is, it's is—it's—it's uh, nice to see them. Uh, rather than, you know, you could have had knockout take on an absolute nobody. You could have Shreese get a take on nobody, but instead uh, oh, they're doing a little bit of fan service and they tend to be very fun to watch. Yeah, they're not competitive, but they're action packed. They're fun. They're a little bit of joy in an otherwise dreary world. That's what boxing is here for, right? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, rumor after rumor, and the schedule is continuing to fill up. And of course, right after April, May will also be pretty stacked with a lot of cards, including the return of the monster. We'll also see Kuroda fighting for the IBF flyweight title, uh, Suyoshi defending his super featherweight title, and then Ray Abe going for that Japanese featherweight title. So, our, already May, even though we're looking a little bit more ahead. That's also going to be quite full. Yeah. Um, Nobuyuki Shindo versus Hironobu Matsunaga have had their belt changed date from May 5th to May 10th. Um, and 
it seems that that's been done to make room for Hinata Marutron, the May first card, which yeah, you get a Marutron and a card on Dangan on Boxing Race. So we're all in for that. So throughout all of this, you better make sure one, you follow AsianBoxing.info. You just have that bookmark on your computer. Two, go to Twitter, follow Asian Boxing. Nice and easy, nice and simple. Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, always appreciate your support, and we'll talk to you next week.